On episode 327 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn five key lessons from Goran Ivanisevic's 2001 Wimbledon victory. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. If I had told you that a professional tennis player with a ranking of 125 in the world, who lost in the first round of qualifying at the Australian Open and didn't play the French Open that year, played challenger tournaments, and got into Wimbledon through a wild card, won Wimbledon. Would you believe me? Well, it's true, and that man was Goran Ivanisevic. Just an incredible story. I just randomly remembered that time when I was 16, and I just saw this lefty guy from Croatia just destroying serves left and right and acing people, just piling up the statistics in that area. And he was a wild card. And out of nowhere, even though he was known and he was a top 10 player for several years, coming from a wild card to winning Wimbledon was one of the most incredible things that we had ever seen. And I don't believe that a wild card has ever won a Grand Slam before. So Big kudos to Goran, and I thought that would be really cool in thinking about that epic run to recount a bit of that story and then to extract from it five key lessons that I took away from the story. And I started thinking about this when I was reading the transcript of Goran's post-final win interview. Uh, with the press. And so I've linked that as well as a couple other articles in the show notes page if you want to read about that. But I saw a lot of very interesting quotes from Goran. He, <laughs> you know, he has some some funny uh, things, some controversial things that he has said throughout his career, but always entertaining. Uh, actually, in his autobiography, Pete Sampras had mentioned how you do not want to miss Goran Ivanisevich interview. And his quote was that, in the locker room, the players all stopped whatever they were doing and gathered around the television sets and tuned, turned up the volume when Goran was giving a press conference. And Pete continued and said, he handled those sessions like a guy on a psychiatrist's couch, but always with great wit and charm. You just never knew what was going to come out of his mouth next. So definitely a great read. I would encourage you to check it out. I think he even calls one of the umpires an idiot, So, <laughs> uh, as well as John, John McEnroe, so uh, good stuff there. But I mean, not, not to say that it's good stuff that he called them an idiot, but it's just entertaining stuff, I correct myself. But to set the stage, um, besides the crazy stats that you wouldn't expect from, from Ivanisevic, the uh, Wimbledon champion, he had been struggling prior to Wimbledon. Uh, in addition to you know his low ranking, he had made the first round of the French Wimbledon and U.S. Opens in, in 2000, and I think the second round of Australian Open. And then 
you know, coming into the year, kind of similar results in Grand Slams, but he was granted a wild card because, as we'll talk about a bit later, he performed very well in Wimbledon, uh, getting to three finals. And so he got this wild card and he took advantage of it, made the most of it. He ended up defeating six players on his way to the final, including Carlos Moya, Andy Roddick, Greg Rusetsky, Murat Safin, and hometown favorite Tim Henman, that last one in five set semis. So pretty incredible. And so the rain throughout the tournament actually caused the final of men's Wimbledon match to play on a Monday. And I had read in the press conference interview that Goran's left shoulder was in extreme pain, which forced him to take five or six painkillers a night. In fact, one of the press conference attendees asked him whether he had hit more aces that tournament or taken more painkillers. But Goran said that he had hit more aces. So that's, that's good news, at least. And Goran was actually told that his shoulder was going to need surgery. So this pain uh, makes the feat even more incredible. But in the final, Goran was pitted against another player who was looking to win his first Grand Slam title, Patrick Rafter. And funny enough, Patrick made a serve course with my good buddy, Will Hamilton from Fuzzy Yellow Balls. Pretty funny story where Will had asked Patrick, I might be not recounting the story 100% accurately, but he asked Patrick, about his technique and I think about his toss and he said, you know, uh, where do you toss it when you hit a kick serve? And he said something like, hey, he said, mate, I just throw it up and hit it. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of hard to make a, a course when, you know, that's what's said. But in any case, Patrick Rafter, super nice guy. Uh, he was described by Bud Collins, legendary com- tennis commentator, as a humble man known for a gracious manner on the court, great generosity and a gentlemanly demeanor at all times. So, you know, and he was actually very good friends with Goran, uh, hopefully still is. But yes, this match was insane. Goran won, obviously, in five sets, um, 6-3-3-6, So not as long as that John Isner-Nicholas uh, Mahout match, but still incredibly long. And so I'm going to describe the match further as I talk about the, some of the lessons. But uh, the first lesson that comes about for me from Goran's story is that rankings mean nothing. They, they shouldn't mean anything to you in the sense that a lot of us get psyched out by rankings, seedings, and you're playing the number two seed. So, okay, I'm screwed. You know, I'm going to lose. And, you know, the old adage where the match is, is won before you step out on the court, won or lost rather. But I suffered from this as well. You know, it's 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 tough, especially as a junior, you know, you're, you're seeing that you're playing a seeded player, highly ranked player, and you just, you're not thinking about <laughs> strategy. You're just thinking about, oh, I hope I don't get my butt kicked uh, too badly. So, and and from what I've heard, some of the pros even sometimes think this way, but then they're usually able to concentrate on their game. But, you know, for Goran, he, despite his low ranking of, you know, 125, maybe it was 121 at the cutoff of the tournament, he knew what he was capable of. You know, he knew that grass suited his game really well because he had a great serve, great volleys, you know, pretty good return. And he thought about what he had previously accomplished on one of these techniques relating to that is cookie jar from David Goggins, where 
when you have uh, a tough a tough thing that you want to accomplish, then you well you're aided by thinking about your previous accomplishments. You know what you've what you've successfully done, something that was very difficult, but you managed to succeed. And then you can think about that and and tell yourself that you know you can do a similar feat in this situation that you're in. So um, this sort of mentality helped Goran beat every player that he faced, and all these opponents that he faced were ranked higher than him at Wimbledon in 2001, except for his first round opponent. Shout out Frederick Johnson. Johnson, sorry, <laughs> I hope I didn't mispronounce that. Well, I probably did because I used two variations, but in any case. Um, yeah, I, I really, you know, it's it's again, it's focusing about the process, focusing about the game plan. Your, I would encourage you to go back to last week's episode three hundred and twenty six, um, where I talk about formulating a game plan and, and just the mentality that you need to prepare for matches and whatnot. But yeah, so you need to focus on what you need to do to win, and not the rankings. Lesson number two. Uh, my mic just dropped, but I just put it back in, is the importance of the serve. So uh, some quotes from Goran during the press conference. Uh, He said that he kept telling himself, just hold your serve. If you serve well, then he, Patrick, is going to give you chances. And then he said again, he just tried to serve well and tried to put as many returns that he could in the court because... Patrick was such a great volleyer and you've, you've got to return well, but yeah, serve and return. But, you know, his, uh, his serve was so forceful, um, so lethal on the grass at Wimbledon where the ball uh, particularly stays very low because it's grass, obviously, that Pete Sampras once, once said that when Goran's serve was on, it was basically unreturnable on grass. Uh, I don't have the exact stats on how many aces Goran hit, uh, hit throughout that tournament, but I'm pretty sure he had uh, the record that tournament. So uh, just highlighted again for me the importance of the serve and how much you need to dedicate to that stroke. And Goran also had said that people think that the serve is, is simple. You just throw the ball up and hit an ace. But believe me, it's uh, far from far from it. And I'm sure that you all know that because it's it's tough. Tough to hit an ace. Just work on the placement, and and you can do it, obviously. But uh, just hearing that that sort of commentary um, motivates me to get on on the court and try to maximize what I can do on the serve. So yes, very important stroke, serve and return. Always focus on those two things because, uh, as we all know as well, hopefully many of us know that points. Uh, 70% of points uh, about there end within the first four shots. So obviously the first, the serve and return are two of the first four shots. So just highlighting again how important they are. Lesson number three is perseverance. This is a big one for Goran because can you imagine going 0-5 in Grand Slam finals? And this is combined in singles and doubles. So just going through Goran's record in 1992, he lost in the Wimbledon final to Andre Agassi in five sets. And then in 1994, he lost in the final to Pete Sampras in straight sets. Then in 1990, uh, that's in Wimbledon as well. And then 1998 Wimbledon final, he lost to Pete Sampras in five sets. 
he was up a set and had set points in the second set to go up two sets to love. But as as I recall, he double faulted on either one or both of those match point uh, of those set points to go up two sets to, to nil. So, um, in fact, he was so devastated by this defeat to Pete in in five sets that he called it the worst moment of his life. (laughs) And, in fact, Ivanisevic did not win a single tournament in the next 24 months after that uh, finals loss to Pete Sampras and saw his ranking drop as low as 134 in November 2000. Uh, So, and then, uh, in addition to those singles losses... He actually had a lot of success in the in French Open doubles, which I wouldn't have thought that it would be that particular doubles tournament. But he lost in the finals in 1990 and 1999, both at the French Open again. So somebody with this sort of um, repeated pain and just devastating defeats, you know, so much so that that you know, uh, after nine ten years of um, just not winning a, a tournament. Uh, that must have been so soul-crushing and, and tough on Goran, but, you know, he persevered. He kept coming back. He kept trying his best. Well, you know, I'm sure maybe there's some days that he didn't, but overall, you know, he put in a gargantuan effort that allowed him to finally win Wimbledon. And he also gave a quote that second is God not good enough, and he was very tired of the press constantly asking him, um, about you know just coming in second all the time and I'm trying to remember which player it was. There was another player that uh, had lost four finals, I believe, um, in at Wimbledon was it? And I'm trying to actually Google it as we <laughs> as we speak here, but I don't know if I'm gonna. Oh yeah, Ken Rosewall had lost four finals, and so Goran had said that somebody had reminded him about Ken Rosewall's four lost finals 10 minutes before he went on the court, and uh, he just said, okay, nice, hopefully I don't become the next Ken Rosewall. I mean, respect to Ken, but yeah. Again, just perseverance, and no matter how many times you uh, lose or fall, you've got to just keep Keep at it, keep training, and trust your training. And you can persevere and achieve incredible things just like Goran did. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Lesson number four is the importance of rituals. And, you know, we've seen Rafael Nadal in particular have his rituals where he'll line up his water bottles, you know, all perfectly pretty much. And obviously in between point rituals, such as feeling your feet on the ground, playing with your strings, taking a deep breath, maybe not in that order, and um, giving yourself a positive affirmation. I think these rituals, they serve to give more comfort and normalcy to individuals, also helps them refocus. But I do have a funny story for you regarding Goron. And the word here is Teletubbies. I don't think I watched that show. Maybe you have. But Goron was actually very superstitious. uh, So he would follow the same routine if he was having success at a tournament. This would be on or off court. 
So things like parking in the exact same spot, um, watching the exact same show, aka Teletubbies, eating the same food at the same place, etc. For the 2001 Wimbledon tournament, for whatever reason, inexplicable to me, <laughs> Goran's coach introduced him to a children's television show called Teletubbies. Um, very freakish looking creatures, uh, I might say, but maybe you find them cute. I don't know. Google them. But Goran had said that his coach one day told him, you have to watch this show, Teletubbies. It's very funny. And so he, Goran watched it and then he won his match that day. So then he continued to watch Teletubbies every single morning. Uh, he was asked about that in the presser after his win, whether he had watched Teletubbies, and he confirmed very quickly that he did. So, And he said, interestingly, that his favorite Teletubby was the purple one, Tinky Winky. What a name. Uh, definitely not going to name my future kids that. Um, but so, yeah. So Goran watched Teletubbies every morning. Said he couldn't get out of bed until he had watched Teletubbies. I, I wonder what time that was. Uh, hopefully early. So he said, I started to watch and every day was Teletubbies time. And he kept doing it and it gave him comfort and relaxation, I'm sure. And he won Wimbledon. So, you know, whatever ritual it is that might give you the same sort of uh, mentality, I definitely encourage you to try it out and you know, I don't think it can hurt. It can help is, is what it does. So as you can see there. So I, th I hope that you enjoy that um, kind of funny little story about Goron and Teletubbies. I wonder if he still watches it. I, in the presser, he actually said that or he was asked, are you going to watch it afterwards? And he said, well, I'm glad that I don't have to. But he said me not having to because of, it, again, his rituals, uh, superstitions uh, doesn't mean that he won't. So who knows? Maybe he's still enjoying that show to this day. Maybe he has asked uh, Novak Djokovic, who he coaches now, to watch it too. Who knows? Uh, maybe he even calls Djokovic Tinky Winky. Hopefully not. But uh, lesson number five is that nerves are normal, and you have to do your best to refocus and deal with them. Um, and with this uh, incredible just you know backstory on the match in terms of uh, especially the final games, final points. So. Uh, what happened with the very last game is Goran had four match points, actually, and he double faulted on his first two match points. He was also doing things like kneeling to the ground when he got one of the match points and like, I think, giving either a sign of the cross or some sort of sign and looking up to the sky and, you know, he had tears like when he was serving on one of the match points. So really... I mean, you talk about nerves. It's right there. So two double faults on the first two match points. On the third match point, Rafter hit a lob winner. And then finally on the fourth match point, Goran was able to get a second serve in. And then Patrick hit it, the return into the net. And so, you know, being able to refocus and keep chugging along, being resilient as... um talked about, well, I had interviewed the WTA, their mental health and performance team about, you should definitely check that episode out. It might have been 325 uh, or 324. Um, I'll link it in the show notes. But Goran had said that he can be a little wild on the court and unpredictable, but he's mentally very good. And he thinks that that's why he won Wimbledon in 2001, because a lot of it is to do with the mental stuff. 
So you've got the the champ there confirming that a lot of his winning had to do with the mentality, the mindset. And even Patrick had mentioned how although Goran had blew up, I think it was in the fourth set, you know, a little outburst, that he knew that Goran would pull it back together, especially because, you know, it's a grand slam and it the the moment or the occasion was just too big for Goran to let a little bit of anger and an outburst totally ruin uh, his performance. And Goran also said that he is more calm and he can control himself. He said nine years ago he was losing too much, uh, losing his mind too much rather. He was too much up and down. And he had meant, uh, he had said that when he went crazy at 3-2, you know, he lost a set arguably because of that, but he was still there. His mind was there and he was ready to play the fifth set. So there's always going to be situations where you get nervous um, or, yeah, you get a lot of emotions or you, you your mind just goes either to the past about mistakes that you made or to the future of um, winning. But the key is to have your in-between point routine, your rituals, and to be able to refocus. So I hope that that, in particular, that lesson uh, really, you know, you vibe with that and uh, it hits home so that, you, so that you can focus on that when you uh, have trouble on the court. And um, yeah, so those are the five lessons from Goran Ivanisevic's victory. Lesson number one is uh, rankings don't mean anything. Number two, the importance of the serve, ha- um, having it be uh, a weapon and certainly not a weakness, um, being able to control points with it and win easy points with it. Number three, perseverance and resilience. Number four, the importance of rituals. And number five, that nerves are normal and you have to do your best to refocus and deal with them. A couple, One other funny quote is that Goran had said um, previously that he paid more fines than some guys' career prize money on the tour. So I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. And um, I'll encourage you to also, you know, read the articles as well if you want more background on Goran's epic victory as a wild card. Goran, if you're listening, you might not be, probably not, who knows. But if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. So that'd be great. Great character Goran is. I also read that he even played for the top... Croatian football uh, side Hajduk split in 2001. So that's pretty cool. Very cool. Uh, I do watch quite a bit of football or as Americans say soccer. I'm American, but I prefer to say football. Makes sense. Um, Yeah, so that is it. And I do want to, you know, request that if you enjoyed this episode and if you enjoy the Tennis Files podcast to leave a review for the show and you can do that at tennisfiles.com slash apple podcasts with an s at the end Uh, that would be the most helpful platform but you know review on any platform is appreciated as well and I also want to leave you with a quote as I often do at the end of every show and this one is by George Lucas and George said always remember your focus determines your reality Uh, this is a wonderful quote this goes back to the last a lesson that I had mentioned about your focus and being able to refocus as well. Uh, so important, you know, when you're not focused and just in general, you're not able to accomplish things. So um, that's something I'm really working hard on these days is to be more focused, you know, joking around a bit less on the court, getting, um, 
you know, preventing myself from being distracted. These are really, really game changing things. But yeah, with that, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files podcast. This is your host, Maribon Aranshad, signing out. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.